Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of April 27th. I'm your host, D. Suave Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Notes Guru Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob Robert Holman, and Kyle Darren McFadden. And Kovac, you owe someone an apology. Do you know who? What's a, what? What did I didn't? What did I didn't tell you? Or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, you owe an apology to JD. You have been critical all year for him not racing enough, him not winning yet in twenty twenty two, and last Saturday he threw it back in your face, winning fifty k at All Tech. Oh my God! Yeah, like I was like totally critical of him. <laughs> I'm just pointing out a fact: he hadn't won yet, and he'd raced less. That's a fact of of life. There, that you look at his website. He hadn't raced as much. He hadn't earned as much. He hadn't won yet. Compare it to last year. Now he's won. He's all on track. He's back on track. JD's going. Got the new the glasses are going. I mean, he's got them, you know, nice non-fogging reflective glasses, and he sees clear at night now. So now maybe he's, like you said, he got the HD vision, so he'll be back on track, right? How big of a springboard is that for him, though, finally getting that first win? And it was a $50,000 payday. If he's running a series or running, you know, just – Smaller shows, it would take four to five wins to get there. Oh, yeah, that's what he needs to do. You need to win those races if you're not going to be running the series. I mean, like, again, you don't qualify for a race and you get nothing. Um, <clears throat> so he's, uh, he's, he's, his, his numbers come up right immediately. As soon as you win 150 grand race, then you only have to go one, one place to get it. You're in good shape. Kyle, you were there this past weekend. Big win by JD. You can talk about that as well. And T Mac wins Friday night. Both good paydays for some veteran drivers. Yeah, for sure. And they're both obviously timely wins, you know, uh, Tim hadn't won in 19 races, I think. And, uh, you know, JD obviously hadn't won in his 13 or 14 races previously. So, um, obviously timely wins, you know, for both of those guys. And obviously I think, you know, for the Longhorn camp too, I think, um, you know, the droop rule, I think has affected, you know, the, the Longhorn guys probably more than any of the other chassis builders this year. Um, so it, it, uh, you know, that was kind of a side note, um, kind of walking away from all tech this week that, you know, two guys, obviously like JD and McCready getting back on the board and, uh, you know, big ways, uh, two completely different racetracks on Friday to Saturday, you know, Friday was slick from, uh, bottom to top. Um, I, I thought, you know, both tracks, even on Saturday, even though it had a little bit of moisture in it, more moisture probably than some guys would have liked, uh, it still raced, you know, really well. And, you know, JD, uh, you know, even though on Friday, you know, you had Kyle Bronson and Brandon Overton and then Tim McCready come on late, that track changed kind of so much. But, you know, on Saturday, JD, um, you know, did what he needed to, to do um, one quick time in his group by a full three-tenths over Tim McCready, uh, whereas on Friday night, I mean, he was uh, one one-thousandth of a second off of quick time. On Friday, on Saturday, that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, he uh, got back to the previous year's form, and so um, he wasn't uh, – I, I think it was more of uh, – relief for him just to get the first win out of you know the way he didn't uh really seem critical of himself or his team up to this point after not having won but could obviously feel you know the pressure of just getting the first one out of the way just because it's you know it's 
it's the sake of trying to get the first win out of the way. So, um, yeah, no, it was uh, a big weekend for both those guys. And, uh, you know, it seemed like as, as these weeks were advancing here, you know, guys like Chris Madden and Dale McDowell and, you know, Devin Moran and Brandon Shepard, they, you know, were kind of breaking away just a little bit at, at the top, I guess, of, of the rankings uh, in the dirt late model world. And so after this week, uh, you know, the top kind of tightens up just a little bit, you know, with McCready and uh, Davenport. Robert, we say it all the time in this sport. You have two guys, like Kyle mentioned, T-Mac, 19 races since a win. JD gets his first one in 2022. You kind of like forget about him a little bit. And then all of a sudden when you have these big paying races, races, these two guys always seem to be in the, the dog fight and usually end up winning or, you know, at least running top three to have a good payday. You know, this last week and show they're right there in the mix and never count those two guys out. I definitely, you know, obviously you can't count them out. I mean, they've, I say this over and over and over and over, you know, they've got as good equipment as anybody else. And everybody has that kind of equipment now. So it's not a surprise when somebody wins a race and it's not a surprise when somebody runs 10th or 15th there's so much there's it the cars are so good the cars are so close that that little used to two tenths could separate you know first from third but now two to three tenths can separate first to 15th so when you're qualifying and everybody people don't like a draw well qualifying is is a draw it's, it's the luck of the draw you know where you where you draw to go out and qualify makes a huge difference as much as if you were running a pill draw and doing nothing but heats whereas if you drew a one and started on a pole drawing a, a 19 and a 22 car field could be the perfect number for you to go out and qualify and do what the track as the track comes to you you, you never know uh necessarily what that what that is going to be but it's uh it's all in the in the draw people are like oh well they're qualifying well guess what they still drew for the we used to race some of these places guys where qualifying we didn't draw at all we qualified but there was no draw you just the first come first serve up to the gate you know and that's like sometimes i i've been for example i've been at molten alabama and i've sat there with my driver and sat there and sat there and sat there trying to wait people out because we didn't want to go first. So we sat there and tried to, because we want the track, we want the track a certain way. And and we'd leave the car on jack stands. They'd come around and, hey, you know, you, you need it's time to go qualify. You need to go qualify. Oh, well, we're fixing this transmission or we're changing gear. You know, we'll just make up something to tell them, you know, why we're delaying. Now there's a draw everywhere. So, if you draw a one, it could be a terrible draw. If you draw a 50, it could be a terrible draw. It depends on which direction the racetrack is going on any particular night, on the track prep and the weather, the wind, the sun. Everything is the luck of the draw. So if you get the right draw and you go out on the track at the right time and you put down the, the, the lap that you're capable of because you have equipment as good as everybody else, it doesn't matter if you're a Tim McCready or if you're a, a Jonathan Davenport, who we're really kind of talking about right here, 
or if you're a, a Scott Bloomquist or Garrett Smith or a Jaden Frame, it doesn't matter. If you get the right draw and you've got the right equipment and you do your job behind the wheel, then the key is turning that into a front row starting spot for your heat race. And then you have to go to work. Then you have to go to work after you get that front row starting spot for your heat race. You go out and win your heat race and you're set up for the feet. There's no guarantee, of course. You know, I think McCready came from 10th the other night to win, which was really awesome. It was good to see, actually. I, I, it was welcome, a breath of fresh air to see a guy come from 10th to win. Uh, so, you know, there's no guarantee that the guy starting in the front two rows is going to win. But I think if, if somebody wants to go back and do the stats, somebody wants to go back and do the math, I think you'll look and see that the majority of the winners come from those front two rows. So it's all about the luck of the draw early in the night and laying down the lap that you're capable of because your sponsors are spending all this money on equipment or your family or your dad or somebody's spending all this money. People don't realize how close the gap from 1st to 15th or 1st to 20th. It is incredible. Crate racing is even worse. I mean, it is, it's terrible how, how close it is. So uh, it, it's, it's, again, uh, never a surprise kind of go back, circle back around. It's never a surprise when somebody goes 12, 15 races without winning and then comes in and knocks off two or three wins in a row. Never. Uh, not in this sport anymore. There's too much money in it. The cars are too equal. Uh, there's too much information for sale. There's just, uh, it's never a surprise when people do that. Yeah, and that's why when you see guys go on a little streak right there, you brought up a good point qualifying and certain things have to go your way. Pretty much everything's equal. But usually the cream of the crop rises during the crown jewels, and it was good big-time wins by the veterans. And Kovac, um, let's just talk about the outlaws. They're at Atomic this past weekend. Big win by Tyler Irv on Friday, holding off Brandon Shepard. Sheppy in post-race inspection. Uh, for failing, you know, the droop rule, essentially. And you kind of talked to Richards and them. They kind of said it was their fault. They had a measurement wrong. They bounced back right away on Saturday. They win 15 grand. Good, decent car count. Great field there. It was uh, good wins for the young guys. We saw the veterans win at All Tech. The younger generation, 30 and younger, wins at Atomic. Yeah, good good weekend for the Rocket gang, too. I mean, there's Rocket chassis that just swept the podium both nights. Josh Rice with a, ended up being a runner-up finish on uh, on uh, the first night there behind Tyler Herb. Uh, a really, really good night for Rocket. That was like, I guess that was like, that was definitely Rocket country for uh, for that weekend. But um, yeah, that, that Friday night race, uh, Tyler Herb, you know, had a, he was able to hold off uh, Brandon Shepard. And Shepard, like, that was a, a shock. You had a few minutes late, you know, about half an hour after the race, uh, it comes across that he was disqualified. And uh, according to Mark Richards, it was a day they took responsibility for it. They said they made a, a, a improper spring adjustment. And he said it was kind of the same thing that happened to Mark Whitener uh, with the big frog motorsports car back, uh, back at all tech back or Bubba raceway park, excuse me, back during speed week. So he had had the same uh, droop rule infraction where the, the rear deck height was made an adjustment and it just messed it up. And he wasn't able to, um, you know, pass the, the deck height afterwards and after time trials and the heat race. Uh, and Mark said, that's a, that's one thing that really had teams have to keep an eye on. They, you know, um, according to mark it was you know they make a spring adjustment but they had to make a shock adjustment also and, and if you get a little bit off on that uh it, it, it's it messes up that and now there's no 
it's not a well you get a three if you're if you're a little bit over that 51 inch rear deck height it's not you get a little bit off you just get a couple spots docked or something i mean that was at one point it was like that now it's like you're disqualified so teams really got to uh, make sure that they're uh, keeping track of what their adjustments are so that they don't throw it off and end up getting disqualified. I mean, it could be a guy, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, a guy going for a championship. It could be a big championship moment there uh, points wise and and you end up losing it, be uh, losing that race uh, uh, because of a, of a disqualification. But, yeah, obviously, uh, Shepard bounced right back on Saturday. It was a good win on third on Friday for Tyler Herb. I mean, that, that gives that gives him an outlaw and a Lucas win in April. He won at uh, Hagerstown uh, just a couple weeks ago, also. So uh, he's a uh, he's kind of getting on getting uh, getting on a roll here too. And then Shepard, he hadn't won an outlaw race yet this year. He won four Lucas races during Speed Weeks, hadn't won an outlaw race, uh, and, and finally broke through and and got his first one. Uh, I mean, he's, he's had plenty of wins this year. I think that's a seventh total win already, but just the first with the World of Outlaws. And it was pretty cool that it was his 78th, so that tied Josh Richards for all-time uh, uh, the all-time winningest driver with the World of Outlaws. Uh, most of those wins have been with with Mark Richards too for both teams and the Rocket One for both drivers. Uh, Richards uh, won. Uh, I, I wrote that down. Uh, that, that that Richards has uh, won almost all of his races. Richards has not 75 of his 78 races in the Rocket House car. Shepard has won 74 of his 78 races in the Rocket House car. Uh, another drive. Bart Hartman also has four wins in the Rocket House car with the World of Outlaws. So that's 153 wins for uh, Mark Richards uh, as a car owner with the Outlaws. Pretty impressive uh, stat there over uh, since uh, the Outlaws restarted in 2004. Yeah, he's Derek, always going to bounce back. Derek, did you oh, hear those? Uh, did you hear those? Did you hear those pages ruffling? What do you mean, Kovac? Oh, his Kovac's note, the notebook oh, master, man. Oh, yeah, his yeah. pages were ruffling, man. I had to throw it. I'm like, where did I have that? I know I wrote that down on here. Yeah, yeah I had to find it. Kevin had the like old it. school notebook going, man. Oh, it was no it was ruffling some pages back there. I like that's it. right. <laughs> he might be off a couple races. Eckert never won in the house car. Not an outlaw race, I don't believe. He didn't say uh, he okay. didn't say you won an outlaw You're right. race. You're, 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 you're the, the notes master. Just making sure you can look. I, I didn't up. hear that from him. He didn't say that. I'm, I will make a check okay. on that. Just look that up. I have a question. We always know that uh, Sheppy's going to bounce back, but Robert kind of alluded to it after he won that race at Hagerstown. Is in your mind turbo at that door of like equivalent to Bobby Pierce and Devin Murray and that kind of age gap because. I would say before their season, maybe early, you know, even last season, he was not quite there because he hasn't won a crown jewel. But, hey, he's stepping up his game and getting top finish. So I think Turbo's right there with them as well. And Robert kind of said that at Hagerstown, was Hagerstown after that win too. Yeah, for sure. I was talking to Tyler after the Hagerstown win. And, you know, he's been kind of – I feel like he's been kind of studying kind of the craft, I guess, of some of the older older established racers, like such as Tim Creedy, right? I mean, he he's – He's won at Hagerstown in the past. He won at Hagerstown last year. I think he came from, I don't know, middle of the top 10 last year to win at Hagerstown. But what I'm trying to say is just, uh, I guess, dissecting championship runs, you know, um, that, you know, Tyler's trying to close the gap and trying to take the next step in his career. Um, And so I think obviously getting that, win at Hagerstown, whereas he's open about, you know, he's not the strongest at the bigger half miles in the Northeast, that is, 
Um, and so to see the advancement that he made last week, you know, just kind of builds confidence up. And so, I mean, we all know he has the talent. We all know he has the equipment. I think it's now it's obviously just a matter of time of making ends meet and uh, more circumstantial probably than anything, kind of what Robert was almost talking about, you know, with, with Davenport, you know, just being so close these days. And that's obviously, you know, I was talking with Jonathan Davenport on Saturday and I asked him, are things closer than ever before? And he was like, yeah, no doubt. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the margin for error and the margin for success is, is uh, razor thin. And so I think uh, a younger guy like Tyler Herb is, is you know, I, I, I guess you're in it long enough to build the mental fortitude and the toughness. I think it's more so probably a mental game than really anything else, too. And so, um, you know, he has talent. He has the equipment. And so, you know, and uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. Um, you know, just uh, results have to back it up at some point, though. Yeah, it's always great to see my co-host. And, guys, excuse my language here, but holy shit, we got some breaking news. Kovac, do you like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
help start the series back up in, in 2004 under the Boundless Motorsports at that time, which became World Racing Group. Him and Scott Bloomquist, a lot of really organized uh, that dirty dozen that ran that first year in 2004 of uh, drivers uh, to, to get that off the ground. And he's been with it the whole time. The only year that he didn't run the entire season uh, would have been 2012. Uh, would have would have been the year that uh, Josh uh, Richards was doing a lot of uh, uh, more of the truck racing uh, in NASCAR uh, with, with the Kyle Busch. I think he was running that the, the, the truck that year, and um, and it was also that started out with Brandon Shepard, and he left the team, went back to his family team early in the spring, and at that point, Rick Eckert. I mean, uh, excuse me. Then they um, and they just went and, and and didn't run the entire series. They didn't run the entire year. Oh, sorry, that, that they was, ran. I'm, I'm using the years. 2014 yeah. is when he went back. Right. 2012, they ran summer. Night. Yeah, and that's when that's when Shepard came to them. Sorry, Josh went away. That's right. Um, God, I just like, all these years run together a little bit. But the, the gist is that was the only year that he didn't run the entire series. I mentioned already. He's got 153 wins uh, as a car owner. 70. Uh, you know, he's got eight championships between four with Josh and four with Brandon, uh, Brandon, she oh, Brandon over to Brandon Shepard. Uh, he is the world of outlaws when you see when you think about it, uh, how, how uh, iconic that car is uh, in that you see that blue trailer at a, a world of outlaws race. You go to a world of outlaws, race, you're going to expect to see that blue trailer. So that's going to be really strange not seeing him following the tour. But man, there, there's a lot of money to be won with Lucas Oil Series this year. Points fund pays more to win it. Uh, there's more fifty thousand dollar to win races, and he can still probably go. To, you know, the, the, some of these others like the PDC, the the USA Nationals, they can run that. Although it will take, it will bring uh, Mark Richards back to the Show Me One Hundred, to the Topless One Hundred, and the North South One Hundred uh, for the first time in a while. It's 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 been a while. Those are races that that the Rocket One hasn't been at, and and now you'll see it there this year. Also. How many years in a row they ran the Warnerville Firecracker 100? They can still go to that. Their track they're used to, the Gopher 50, Deer Creeks 50,000 to win. They'll be there. They have plenty of laps on that. I mean, it is going to be very interesting to see what they're going to do. And you know, I think obviously they're going to contend for a title there. And B, really, the conspiracy theory is though, Mark's just being a good dad. Sheppy ties Josh, and he tied him in championships. So he's saying, you know what? I'm not going to play any favorites. We're just going to have them end up in a tie. I don't want Sheppy to take the lead on either the championships or the career win. So that's a very good dad move by Mark Richards. I'm kind of kidding, but I can maybe see that in a little way. But Robert, you're just hearing this news here the last five minutes. What's just your initial thoughts and processing what's going on here? That's a pretty wild move, especially in 2022. It's a uh, it's a big pickup, I think, for the Lucas Oil Series. I think that you know, kind of like uh, Kevin said, you're you're just so used to associating that big blue truck and and that blue one car uh, with um, with the world of outlaws, you know. So I really feel like um, I don't. First of all, we 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 know from Scott Bloomquist's. Um, departure from lucas oil a couple of years ago that tours go on tours go on without the, their marquee drivers more drivers will step up step to the forefront you've got a great young driver in max blair um uh, that is performing well you've got a really good rookie chase over there on the world of outlaws right now 
and you've got a we've got a really great storyline in a veteran driver who has plugged away at this sport for years, who is now leading the World of Outlaws tours and and has the has the potential to become a World of Outlaws champion, whether Shepard is there or not. Clearly, I think this this makes it easier on. Um, I clearly think this makes it easier on Dennis Herb Jr and Max Blair and all those guys in the World of Outlaws Tour with Shepard not chasing the points. I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a no-brainer. But uh, but it, the storylines are still there. You know, before Shepard decided to leave, you know, Dennis Herb is having a great season. You know, he he moves from fifth to fourth the other night when, uh, when Shepard got disqualified. And then Shepard won. And where was Dennis? He ran second, and if you remember, I, I believe that he got under him a time or two, and was really close to possibly winning that race himself. That is very, if you think about it, that's very Brand Brandon Shepherd esque. I mean, that's the kind of seasons that Brandon Shepherd put together that kept others from winning the title. You know, a guy would go win a race, and you look up, and Shepherd would be, oh, he's tenth with ten laps to go, and the next thing you know, he finishes third. You know, though that the what Dennis has done the last couple of weeks is the type of thing that, that Brandon has done, you know, to other people, to discourage other people in the past. So, um, so there are still some great, great storylines there with the world of outlaws, but, but let's, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is a huge pickup, a huge pickup for the Lucas oil series. This is like, you can advertise now that, that the rocket, Chassis house car is going to be at your races. I'm trying to think of another driver that had as much kind of star power and kind of uh, mystique. And it's not it's not Shepard himself. It's the combination of them all. It's Mark Richards and the team and the truck and where they come from and the championships and all the wins. You throw all that into one, oh man, one big package, and it's just this mystique that is that is like very that star power like like a scott bloomquist that's the kind of star power i feel like they carry and uh and it's been a while since we've had this kind of shake up like i said when scott got hurt or and decided to to no longer chase lucas it was a big deal but scott was not at the top of his game when he decided to step away from that these guys are at still you know, they're still in the prime. So they're, you're talking, you're not talking about a team that's, oh, well, we've been running eighth in points over here. So we're going to go decide to run over in, in this other series to see if we can't run a little better. We're not talking, it's not the kind of deal. We're talking about a championship contender who happens to be leading the points who's now coming to run your races. So it is a boon for everyone on the Lucas Oil side. Yeah, Rick Swallow and the gang, they have a full blown chubby, no doubt about that. Big time move getting. Josh, or not Josh, Brandon and the company over there. But, Kyle, I'm going to ask you to go to the other side of it. How big of a blow is this for WRG? You've had the guy that's been supporting it pretty much every single year besides maybe a half year since, you know, the beginning in 2004, 2005. <clears throat> You're a promoter, too. It's yeah. more like, wow, a Friday night, we're not going to have, you know, Shepard there, like Max Blair and Dennis Herb Jr., which, by the way, I'm all for them, one of those two, or if anybody else can make some noise winning that, you know, $120,000 payday or whatever the check is this year. But, man, oh, man, you just got to – that's just, just like a shot in the gut for WRG. 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you know, it's not mincing words. I mean, it's a it's a big loss. And so, you know, but on the flip side of that, I was actually I'm actually kind of browsing through past champions now and obviously Shepherds won the last three and seventeen as well. Mike Marler in eighteen, Josh Richards in sixteen, Clanton in fifteen, Lanigan in fourteen and twelve and oh eight. Rick Eckert in 11, Lanigan, yeah, 08, Steve Francis 07, McCready 06, Moyler, Moyer 07, Scott Bloomquist 04. I guess like what I'm trying to get at is, you know, even though, you know, there's been turnover in, in the past in the series. And so, you know, obviously not to this degree, you know, with the four-time champion over the past five years leaving, um, and so, especially, you know, the rocket house car in itself, um, but it's opportunity, you know, as, as, uh, Robert was saying there, it's an opportunity for Dennis Serb, you know, he's been plugging away at this deal for, for years and years and years to, um, you know, put himself in the limelight and for a younger guy like, you know, Max Blair to, uh, continue to, build up his name on the national stage and Tanner English and Tyler Bruning and Brent Larson and, you know, Josh Richards, you know, maybe he can, you know, write the ship now. It's just, uh, it just kind of opens things up now for a bunch of guys who could uh, for sure make a name for themselves. And, uh, you know, I mean, as we've seen in years past, I mean, there's been turnover and there's been guys that have stepped up. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see who kind of takes the baton and, runs with it. Um, so I guess obviously in the short term, you know, it's a gut punch, but you know, long term, honestly, I kind of think it's good for the series. I think, you know, you kind of roll into the races, the outlaw races that is, and you just kind of, if anybody else, but Sheppy wins, it just kind of feels, uh, you know, it just, uh, things can, things can get a little stale. I guess when you're kind of walking into a racetrack and, you know, kind of knowing, you know, who's, who's the favorite here. So um, I think it'll be good for the long run, short term. Um, Obviously probably feels like a gut punch on their end. Robert, you got anything for that? Well, you know, my thought is what does a guy like, uh, uh, like a Hudson O'Neill do? You know, you got, uh, you know, Hudson O'Neill who's buried in points in the Lucas Oil deal sitting over there in eighth, like 300 and something points back, right? And you got, okay, so if that's the case, all this time you've been, if you're a points racer, you always look and you're like, well, this guy's not a regular. He's going to miss all these races. So really I'm above him. Well, now you're like, okay, well, he is a regular all of a sudden. This points leader is coming back, and I'm not above him anymore. So now I'm not seventh. I'm actually eighth, you know, if you kind of do the math like that. Plus, I'm 300 points behind this guy. But over here on the World of Outlaw side, which I, I know the points calculations are a little bit different, but over on the World of Outlaw side, once Sheppy leaves, he'll be like fourth in points maybe. He'll be like, uh, fourth, I think it'll yeah. be Dennis and then – It'd be Dennis, Max, uh, Tanner English, and and then Hudson. So, and it'd be like 120, 125 points back. So, now, what does a guy like that do? Uh, you know, does does he decide? I think I'll go World of Outlaws racing now and kind of skip it. You know, what do you think, Kev? Yeah, that, that's a really a great point. Um, uh, that 
he has he's right there he could he could make the opposite move you know like he like you would think that they're look they'd look at it and you know like hey what's the what's the points and and i mean what's the we're at in the points how much money we can make i mean it's one hundred twenty five thousand to win that championship it's going to be tougher now to win that uh lucas old championship for hudson because he's gotten off to it's just kind of a slow start um maybe he stays with, with the world of hell that would be an interesting uh trade i guess uh and, and hudson imagine too like he didn't even run two features at volusia he's he's entered every outlaw race this year but he scratched from the b mains at volusia uh the two of the last three nights so you add those points in. if he would have just started those features that's probably another he'd have another 80 90 100 points just just being in the race even if he finished last so that would put him like well he'd only be 50 points behind he'd be second think, you know yeah. yeah, he'd be second in points. I mean, just freaking back of that. And there, there's one other point that I kind of wanted to like bring up too, with, with Brandon Shepard leaving, and, and you know, here we're here we're talking about Hudson O'Neill. You know, could be thinking of moving in the other direction, but this always hasn't. This hasn't been possible for most of the time, for most of the last you know 15 years or 18 years since it start since the two tours got going. You know, Lucas Oil and the World of Outlaws. It was basically you were you were choosing which tour you were on at Speed Weeks. There was con- conflicting races. There would be like Outlaws would run at Screven while the uh, Lucas Oil Series was at um, at East Bay, or the Outlaws would run at Ocala while they were at East Bay. There'd be conflicts there, so a driver couldn't leave Florida at the top of each both point standings and then prolong this uh, this. Uh, idea that like well maybe we'll go this way maybe we'll go that way i mean it's it's kind of a neat story for like us to talk about uh where like we're here in april and i mean what what what, which way are the drivers going to go because they've already they these guys have been to every race for both and they could choose either one but i mean i I don't know is that good for the is that is that the right thing for the series maybe those series uh you know you want to lock a guy in almost you have a if you have a uh a I think the only other time maybe that there was you could come out of Florida uh, had running have with uh, running all the races I think was maybe the year like when Screven was canceled because of rain I, I think that happened one time and then like Shepard and, and the Rocket team stayed at East Bay and, and instead of leaving the middle of East Bay to go to Screven but it, it, a series could look at it like I mean the Outlaws they'd still have Shepard if they had a conflicting race with the East with East Bay. Uh, unless Shepard would have just uh, a rocket team would have just went there right off the bat and, and committed to the Lucas Oil Series, which probably wouldn't have happened and wouldn't have happened. Uh, so it, it might be a better idea for series to go against each other during speed weeks. If I if I if I'm the director or, or the, the running that series, lock my guys in. I don't want my guys like oh my god that guy. I'm gonna, I mean maybe they'll go to that one. I don't want to have that potential of losing it. Outlaws have lost two guys. Uh, that were probably the biggest title contenders. It was Shepard and Chris Madden. Madden didn't leave for another series. He just went to be independent and run for XR stuff for the bigger money. But he was leading the points when he left a few weeks ago. That's a pretty, that's a duck about a gut punch. Those two guys, top two in points last year, both leaving. So just thought that would be a a, a thought to to ponder a little bit. Maybe run against, you know, don't don't like every let everybody, the series, don't let everybody run every race during speed weeks. So that you lock in your drivers uh, for the year immediately. 
Yeah, and looking at the history page, Kovac, 2018 is when they rained out at Screven. Everybody stayed, so they had that option. 2019, they did race at Screven. So, like you said, it makes people decide early in the year. Maybe, maybe not. People are not going to leave East Bay. But if you're going to plan on running it, you think in the back of your mind, okay, we can go up there. We have a new chance to, you know, get a good point start. So we're in almost May now, and guys can decide where they want to run, which is pretty wild. I never thought we would see that. So really quick, we're just going to go around the room. I'm going to ask now, who do you think is going to win the World of Outlaws and Lucas? Just really quick, winner. Or, uh, Kyle, I'll go with you. Who's going to win Lucas? Who's going to win the Outlaws? Man, well, Grant Shepard's going to win Lucas Oil Series now. Um, I just think, uh, you know, after this weekend, yeah, I think Brandon Shepard's going to win the series. Um, I just think some other guys on the, on the Lucas Oil Tour, you know, they need to kind of step things up a bit. I think, uh, you know, most of those guys now, um, I think there's a dozen or so, 13 dozen competitors or 13 competitors now full-time on Lucas Tour. And so, obviously, we had mentioned Tyler Herb. And, you know, I think, you know, him and Tim McCready and um, obviously now Brandon Shepard and, uh, you know, even Ashton Winger, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's shown glimpses and potential of, uh, you know, running up towards the front each and every week, no matter the racetrack this year, uh, just needs to build upon that consistency. You know, Ricky Thornton has been fast and, and, uh, in bursts of races, you know, you got Earl Pearson in there too. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of looking at those guys and none of them really have been as convincing so far this year, um, you know, as Brandon Shepard. So I'm going with Sheppy to win, win the Lucas Oil Series. On the outlaw side of things, uh, I got to go with Dennis Erb. I think it's his time you know, the experience and, you know, he's run so well this year, Um, you know, just have to go with him. Although Max Blair, you know, he's, he's been strong too. He's not going to go down obviously without a fight. And so, but uh, I still think uh, by year's end, I think that Dennis Serb is going to be hoisting uh, a trophy as a national champion of uh, that law series. Robert, you're the president of the Dennis Herb Fan Club. Do you like that pick for the Outlaws? Uh, I mean, I think I don't know if it's a safe pick, but yeah, that's who I would. That's who I'd put my money on. I definitely think that uh, this opens the door for him. He's just you got. It's also kind of like um, say you say you win a race and the 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 car that's been historically say the better car doesn't finish. You kind of look at that like, well, you know, this car didn't even finish. You know, but it's still, you still won. And my thing is, Dennis is kind of leading this tour before Brandon and them leave. It's not like Brandon's leaving and then Dennis assumes the lead. Kind of like he, kind of like he did, I guess, when um, uh, Chris Madden left. He has ran good enough to, to win this deal if Brandon stays. I mean, he's just, he's ran that good. Now, I think it would take uh, a, 
I think it's a big hill, a big challenge if Brandon Shepard and the and the Rocket team stayed. I think it would be, you know, a, a definitely a big challenge for anybody to win that deal. And I've always said that this is their tour until somebody else can come and knock them off. You have to prove that you're better than them over the course of a 60 race season. And over the last few years, no one's been able to do that. So right now, over the course of 15 races or however many they've ran, I don't know, but you know, so far Dennis has proven to be the the best among those among those drivers at this point. Now, could he sustain that for sixty races? I don't I don't know. It's very difficult. But uh, you know, can Max Blair sustain that for sixty races? I do not know. It's going to be very difficult. But now those two have an opportunity with Shepard out of the mix to really put their name right there on that list. You know that. Uh, uh, that Kyle was reading off, and that's that's really big. So, uh, is it a safe pick? I don't know, but is it my pick? Absolutely. I feel like this is the year that Dennis Herb can get it done, just because he's just he came out of the gate running so well, and uh, and and I I really like that part about what they have going on right now. Uh, as far as you know, flipping that to the to the other series, I think there have been three guys who have. Uh, have won them both, right? And you talked about things being equal, things being even between uh, Brandon Shepard and Josh Richards. What's the one thing that that Josh Richards does have that Brandon Shepard doesn't? A Lucas Oil title, 2017. So now, and a <laughs> so so well, let's we're talking we're talking to tours right now. So yeah, so now he has he has an opportunity. Shepard has an opportunity to go and get that Lucas Oil title like uh, like Josh has, and like Scott Bloomquist has two of one from each series, and Tim McCready has one from each series. So, you know, you know, we're talking. You talked about cream of the crop a while ago. That's the cream of the crop right there. And and Brandon Shepard, if they can go win this thing, which I think they will, they have an opportunity to really put. Uh, put a huge stamp on on everything they've accomplished in the sport. Yeah, that would be late model lore to win both for Brandon Shepard, and it'd be pretty cool to see Mark win a Lucas Oil title as well. I'm going with the same as you guys: Land of Lincoln sweep National Series, Herb Junior, and Brandon Shepard. Kovac, what about you, buddy? Are you gonna do the common theme with us? Or are you gonna switch something up? Well, I'll stay with Lucas Oil and uh, to start here and. And I see Shepard Shepherd winning it though. I I I think he's going to be really motivated to do it. I mean, I I you could sense that uh, he he would like to try something different. I think and and put. I think it it would mean something to him to have a championship in both national tours. Uh, I mean, he's been running a national tour now uh, since. I mean, when he started with the Lucas Oil Series in 2015, he ran it with his family car and ran the best best motorsports car best performance motorsports car the next year. And then ever since then, he's been with the rock house car. Uh, he, he's it, It's going to be, it's a little, it's a uh, like kind of a boost here to this guy, this, this team, I think driver and, and team that they want to get puts out a there pep in your step. Them. Doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's it kind of puts a pep it, in your step. Like uh, it peps them up. Right. I mean, to do yeah, something. Yeah, different. I, I think so. This is, they got to go do something. They want to, their challenge, new challenge almost, you know, I mean, the, the everybody needs a new challenge. Sometimes you could get stale when you're just winning. Uh, I mean, winning never gets old, but 
you would like to have another challenge. And I think that's going to be what, what uh, it's going to motivate them to do this. I think it's going to be really close, though. I think it's going to be come down to him and Tim McCready. Uh, McCready's uh, you know, about 100 some points behind. That's not that far behind. It's about one race in the Lucas Oil points. So uh, he, he's certainly not too far behind to make a quick uh, re- recovery. I, I think it will go down to those two. Those two are great. Both of them are great point racers. Both got great teams, plenty of help, plenty of equipment. I think it might be a really good battle. Maybe we maybe we see something go down to the wire uh, at the Dirt Track World Championship in October between them. That would be pretty cool uh, to, to see the two former World of Outlaw winners, champions too, going at it for the Lucas Oil title. Go to the uh, – I mean, again, I'm, I'm leaving out Devin Moran. I'm not even sure. He's second in points right now. We'll have to see if he continues on. World of Outlaw side, I'm going to go – I just have this feeling here – well, when I, let's start here. When I, if I would just look at this, look at the guys left, the the drivers left. I would say, hey, there's a four time champion still left on the World of Outlaws tour, and Josh Richards. But I can't go and pick him. I mean, that that'd be the the guy that's proven that he can win a championship. But right now, I mean, he's just the way he's looking so far this year. Just we, we just can't uh, can't say that he's going to come back. He just struggled so bad, and I mean. And, it, it it's, hasn't given you the feeling that it's going to come off so good that he could really uh, pull this off and, and come back with the Boom Griggs car. So I'm going to go – I have a good feeling here about Max Blair. There's just something about him – it would be really pretty wild for him to win a championship first time as a National Touring Series uh, regular. Uh, I, we'd have to go back in the record books to see who's done that, uh, and it would really – so that's going to be a motivating factor for him. And you look at how he's run already. He's by the end of uh, Volusia, he was right up front. Uh, he goes and wins at Cherokee, which is a new track to him. He ran good. He he top. He he was in the top three in the podium at Atomic last week, uh, which is a new track for him. So he's shown very well at tracks that he's never been to, and they're going to be going the tracks that he has been to. You know, in his backyard, uh, coming up in, in a few weeks. So. I think Max Blair shocks the world here and, and pulls off the, the championship. Uh, not that Dennis Herb would be – would he'd be a great story if he wins it. Uh, and I think it, it, this could be a thing that comes down to those two very close uh, for most of the year. Uh, Dennis, I'm not sure if he has – he obviously doesn't have – he's a one-man band. He has Heather as his uh, one crew, crew uh, member. So – I know with Dennis, it's there's always a, the the fatigue factor. I mean, can he avoid any of those little lulls in the heart of the schedule? Last year, he struggled in the middle. Mark Richards did say that he's very impressed with uh, with how Dennis is running. They, him and uh, Dennis and Heather had come down to the Rocket Shop before the season started and spent time there. And and he and Mark thinks that that really has helped them take a step this year. So he has so much experience. The experience he has would it would be kind of a good crowning topper as the year he turns 50 years old he wins the world of outlaws title uh you know he's he's a summer nationals champion in the past gets a national title that would be a pretty cool story uh we'll see if it happens but right now i'm just gonna throw it out there and say max blair pulls it off be different from everybody i guess yeah if dennis serb jr wins would he become the first ever car owner crew chief and driver to win the series that'd be pretty cool so we got the veteran versus the young gun and Max Blair is the two favorites, at least in our eyes. There could be some guys that make some noise. We all agree that Sheppy's going to win the Lucas Oil title. Pep in the step, as Robert would say, which I like that, by the way. 
Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Plenty of races still to go in both national series. And guys, we're always going to end the show with one more thing. And I'm going to let's see who are we going with here. What are we going with here? Robert, we'll let you go first. All right. Uh, usually, you know, I, I uh, a lot of these one more things, I focus on something I've done or something that uh, somewhere I've been. But uh, I was just, as I was doing the race wires last week, I just ran across this uh, uh, from. Uh, Carl Chevrolet Hamilton County Speedway in Webster City, Iowa. Uh, They're going to, uh, they're late models. They've got a little mini series out there. They've got some sponsors uh, at Hamilton County, and, and they've uh, kind of wanted just to give a, a plug to them for what they're doing. There's five races, uh, five race mini series for their late models. Uh, I think there's a one, I think there's two in August, but one in May, one in June, one in July, two in August. Uh, each one of those races, they don't pay a tremendous amount of money, $1,000 to win each one, and the points fund pays $1,000 to win it. But second place is $700, third is uh, $600, fourth is $500, and I think fifth place is $400, and then on down, and it pays $150 to start. So I just wanted to kind of give a shout-out to them and kind of a hand clap uh, right there to them because – as a, as a car owner, and this is late model stuff and, and not crate stuff, but as a, as a car owner and, and um, someone who's been kind of running a few races this year, we finished sixth in a race and got paid $40 one night at one track. Uh, we finished fifth uh, last week and got paid $175. So to, to go out there and know that you can start a race at a weekly show and, and know that you're going to get $150 to start, that's excellent. To know that, that if you can get up in the top five, that you're going to make $400 or more for a weekly show, also excellent. So um, I wanted to uh, just mention that. Also, the points fund is basically the, the same payout. I think it goes, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten spots, and tenth place pays $300. So that's also excellent, uh, you know, for just uh, to stay at your home track, run five races that you'd probably run anyway, and then have a little extra money because of it. So uh, good job uh, to the Carl Chevrolet Hamilton County Speedway in Webster City, Iowa. I've never been there, but maybe one of these days I'll get there. And I, I love to see those payouts, uh, you know, uh, appreciating the guys who have to show up every week and buy gas and buy pit passes and still go home and pay the electric bill and that sort of stuff. So good job for those guys. Heck yeah. I went there for a couple of Lucas oil races, great facility, great track. It's uh, good to see people stepping up like that. And um, guys, I'm going to go next. After a three year hiatus, the driver from down under is making his return. Huge announcement. Paul Stubber and Kai Blight and company are coming back. To the United States to race. They haven't been here since 2019. Obviously, COVID happened in 2020. They couldn't come back in 2021 because of travel restrictions. They are getting here. Let me pop up their schedule here. They're getting in this weekend, actually, April 28th and 29th. They're flying in, going to work on the car for a couple weeks. They're making their debut May 11th for Illinois Speed Week. They'll be at all those. They're going to race the entire Summer Nationals, the Eldora Million, the World 100. It's great to see uh, Paul Stubber, one of the greatest guys in dirt lane model racing, a great guy. He loves Vegemite, which Kovac is a big fan of as well. And uh, just good to see the Australians come back because they're always a pleasure to talk to during the summer months. So 
Can't wait to see those guys. Has been a long time coming. I'm sure they're pumped up. So that's uh, my one more thing. Stubborn Blight making the return to the States. Have some fun racing all summer. Cannot wait for that. Kovac, how about you, buddy? Uh, how about a, a winner? That when, let's mention that there was a bunch of first-time winners this weekend uh, of super late this super late model race period or uh, or, tri- or series races, regional races, and and one of them uh, was Cameron Marler at uh, at Smoky Mountain Speedway on Saturday. He won his first ever Southern All Star race, and just a notable about what happened there. He wins the race. A car crashed in turn one after the race was over. After he had taken the checkered flag. He couldn't avoid him, smashed into him. Uh, he was able to celebrate a win, but his car was pretty beat up afterwards, unfortunately for Cameron. It was so beat up, in fact, that he was unable to – he was planning to run the Tuesday uh, Flow Racing Night in America event at Eldora. Had to scrap that because that car had to go back to Longhorn uh, for frame repairs, and he says he's not sure how long uh, he'll be out because Longhorn is kind of backed up, he said, uh, with work. So – He's hoping to get that done as, as quickly as possible, but there's no guarantee uh, of, of how fast he'll get it back. So uh, congratulations on one hand, Cameron Marler. And uh, unfortunately on the other there, he had to he crashed afterwards. It wasn't the greatest uh, way to cap off his first ever Southern All-Star win. Yeah, the up and downs of racing, you win, and then all of a sudden that stuff kind of happens. So it's kind of a bittersweet victory for him, but – also, shout out to the other guys winning their first time. It's always great to see the up-and-comers finally break through and get a big-time win. Kyle, you're batting cleanup, coming out hitting. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, well, uh, tonight the uh, flow racing night in America rolls into uh, second race of the year, Brownstown in Indiana. So uh should be a pretty good show. Um, tune in. I think hot laps are 6 o'clock, so – Tune in on Flow Racing and uh, for another night of uh, dirt late late model racing. That's right, Kyle. I love that shout-out. Midweek racing's back. I think Michael Rigsby called it the funnest tour in the nation. Kind of a weird word to say there, but it's always a great time. Eldora last night, Brownstown tonight. We have full coverage of that. We'll have full coverage of stuff this weekend at Bristol and Macon and Tri-City and, of course, the regional stuff in between. Make sure you guys read their dispatches stuff, the new uh, segment we have at Dirt on Dirt with the editorial team, this podcast as well, everything in between, the highlights. You can catch it all at Dirt on Dirt, all the live stuff at Flow Racing. It's great to have you guys listening. We'll see you next week.